not a burning issue for them because what's really burning issue is things that generate tax. Instead of just making 10 to 20,000 once or twice a year, selling or flipping a house, how'd you like to make 2,000 to 3,000 passive income every month for the rest of your life? How about 5,000 to 7,000 per month? How about 40,000 to 50,000 every single month for the rest of your life? If you said yes to any of these questions, you need to sign up for Anthony Chara's One Day Apartment Investing Workshop on April 13th. Visit iCore's website for more information. That link is in the show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. All right, now welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and I'm the win-win maker and here to help you move your business forward. And today, how we're going to do that with Karen Hall. And I didn't say that wrong, did I? No, you said it right. Thank you. A lot of people probably say Karen and the double A is not a mistake. Karen Hall. One thing that I'll share with you right now, anybody who's listening, anybody who's on the Facebook and watching right now, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people in my days who help people with self-directed IRAs or solo 401ks. I've interviewed a lot, a lot of people and Karen Hall is probably the best, most knowledgeable and most educated person in this industry that I know personally. And so I keep having her back. She has spoken in many different places and in particular, I've had her at a few of my groups. So uh, really wonderful to have you, have you, Karin. And one thing that we will share is, I know you're coming out to Denver to speak at the Self-Directed Investor Network here on June 24th. That's a Monday at 6.30 p.m. So I know that's gonna be good. If you're listening, you might wanna make sure that you can be in Denver on Monday June 24th at 6.30 p.m. because Karn Hall is going to drop some knowledge. Today, what we're talking about is something that you don't usually hear, something that most people have no idea about in self-directed investing. So this is wonderful if you've already have a lot of experience with uh, your retirement account and directing that into alternative assets, you're going to want to know these three things. The first of them is the new contribution limit that we just increased to, which is exciting news for 2019. So the new the contribution limits have changed. Also, big flag here too, the Roth characterization is gone. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then the third big thing we're going to kind of share today is something that you might not have known is Americans have more in their retirement saved right now than ever before. And we're going to find out what that all means. So, Karin, would you? Oh, yeah. You know what? Here's, here's three other bullet points. Very interesting. She's got a half a billion, half a billion dollars under management right now. So, it's just incredible. She's been in this industry for 13 years. And she actually sits on the board of RITA, R-I-T-A. That's Retirement Industry Trust Association. Welcome to the show, Karin. How are you today? Thanks, Adam. Doing great. Appreciate the intro. Uh, fantastic to have you. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you even got started doing self-directed retirements, and uh, and then we'll dive into the episode. 
Sure, sure. You know, I, I my background um, after being a radio announcer for 17 years, I made the logical jump into uh, real estate, right? So I was in I was a realtor for a year, but then I got in mortgage loan servicing, mortgage loan origination. And then of course we all know what happened with mortgages. So at that time in 2007, jumped into the self-directed IRA space and I've been here ever since. Excellent. All right. So one thing that we are going that I need to ask you first and foremost, I know that today's kind of like a level two. It's, it's for those uh, people that actually already know that they want to invest in alternative assets and they really want to know how to move forward. Um, but just to kind of back up a little bit, what is an alternative asset and what, which of those alternative assets can you even invest with a self-directed 401k or IRA? Right. Well, so when the IRS came up with IRAs in general, they said you can invest in anything except life insurance contracts and collectibles, right? So that pretty much leaves the, the playing field pretty wide open. So when it comes to real estate, it's it's notes, for example. So you can buy um, performing and non-performing debt. Your IRA can be the bank and lend money. Um, so there's all that has to do with notes. Um, tax liens, your IRA can invest in that. Raw land, maybe. Plus private placements that are invested maybe in big commercial buildings. Um, your IRA can invest obviously in single family homes. Have you ever heard of multifamily, Adam? <laughs> I've heard of multifamily. Yeah. Multi, yes. Can you, you know, buy so multifamily with a self-directed retirement account? Yes, you can. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, what about what about syndications? What if it's somebody else's multifamily? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That's, syndications are, are great. Private placements, syndications, call them what you will. Private placements. Yeah, all that. Yes. You, you sure can. And, and in fact, private placements are the number one asset in self-directed IRAs on the whole. I mean, not just for our company, but for the industry. I actually had no idea. So private placements are the number one most utilized asset class for self-directed retirements. Correct. Wow. I am writing that down right now because I love it. All right. <laughs> so now let's, let's get into the three things here. Um, 2019, the contribution limit changed. So tell me more about that. Yeah, and the reason it's a big deal is it's been six years since you've been able to uh, contribute more to your IRA. I mean, it used to be, if people haven't been thinking about it, back in 2004, say you could contribute 3,000 to your IRA, and then it went up to 4,005. Well, now, starting 2019, if you're under 50, it's $6,000 a year, you can contribute to your IRA your traditional or your Roth. And uh, also, if you're over 50, if you're 50 plus, then you can contribute $7,000 a year. What that means is it just helps us prepare more for retirement by being able to contribute more and hopefully get a tax break uh, at the same time. So um, if you had a self-directed 401k and it used to be uh, 53, Right. Okay. And that's that's, that's that? changed. Yeah. That's it's it's fifty six now. Oh wow. Yeah. Excellent. So if you're an, yeah, and if you're an employee, because uh, what's with Solo K is there are two parts: the the plan and the participant. Right. Two different parts. Mm. But if you're an employee and you you work for a company and you're you're doing that kind of four hundred one k, that now you can contribute nineteen thousand dollars a year to the participant portion. Right. And if mm. you're fifty plus, it it goes all the way up to twenty five k a year just as an employee. With the solo K, then you've got then it's then combined it's fifty six. Got the, it. The participant portion is uh, is nineteen grand. Um, if you're under fifty, twenty five thousand dollars would be 
plus. So it's a tremendous amount of money. I mean, that's great. And if you are in the tax bracket where you can take a tax deduction for that, man, even better. Got it. Wonderful. And this next one's interesting for me because I didn't even know what Roth characterization even meant. <laughs> yeah. So to know that it's not there anymore is, uh, is really upsetting for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you feel the loss. Huh? <laughs> so why don't, why don't you tell us what Roth, Roth characterization was and, um, and what it means that it's gone? Well, I mean, just basically spoken, a Roth recharacterization is a do-over. You, um, so you used to be able to say, hey, look, I just took all this money in my traditional or my SEP IRA and I converted to Roth. And you're like, yay, that's great. But then, oops, you're sitting in front of your tax advisor and you think, wow, look at all the taxes. I think I'm going to recharacterize that, have a do-over and pull it back out so I don't have to pay taxes. Right? So the IRS used to give you a do-over, but with uh, Trump's new tax law, so it's about a year ago, that, that just came right on out. That's a carve-out. So converting to Roth can be great when your investments can grow tax-free for life. It's wonderful. But when you're going to convert, you don't have that do-over anymore. And a lot of people uh, don't even know that. So if you convert to Roth, that's how it is. So, yeah, no, I was aware that you could um, take a traditional uh, retirement account and convert it to a Roth. And so what you're saying is you can still do that. But last year, if you decided later that a Roth wasn't the best strategy for you this year, and you actually used to be able to go back to the traditional, right? But what you're saying is uh, Trump's new tax bill has thrown that out the window. So if you actually make the decision to move, you can never go back. That's true. That's true. Okay, okay. And so that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I'm really glad that we've covered that. And I uh, and I, I lied because I did know of, that you could, I I did know that you could go back. But so now it's really interesting that you can't go back. So if you're going to do it, you want to probably consult with somebody before you make the decision because it's it's a forever choice now. It is, and, and a conversion, like I say, could be such a great idea, especially when you've got some asset. And you know, boom, this thing is going to go skyrocket because if you could see where the value play is and you know there's going to be a big equity gain in the, in the investment you're about to do. So yeah, convert to Roth and then have your Roth IRA buy it. Then that gain is tax-free for life. As long as you've had your Roth IRA for five years and you're 59 and a half, you have to meet those two qualifying events. Then the, that money is uh, tax-free for life. So that could be like the smartest thing you ever did. Awesome. And then before we talk about the Americans having more in savings within their retirement accounts, I want to um, get clear on one thing alongside with these Roth conversions. Um, and just something that I've, that I've heard and I want to confirm it with you is if you have a Roth um, IRA, you can not go to a Roth 401k but you can go any other direction. How crazy is that? Okay, so yeah. if, somebody has a, if somebody has a Roth uh, 401k, yes. they can easily go to a Roth IRA. Yeah, they can just take it and whoop, put it in a Roth IRA, but it doesn't go from a Roth IRA into a Roth 401k. I really think it's just oversight on the Department of Treasuries, um, you know, on, on their part. I just don't think that they really thought about it. There's no good reason for it, and in fact, I was mentioning to you that I'm part of the Retirement Industry Trust Association. 
And every March, so this is coming up, we go to DC, we get to talk to the Department of Treasury and the IRS, like it's Department of Treasury, IRS is under them. But we talk to them and we say, hey, you know, like, why can't we do this? And give them ideas and hopefully um, that's one thing that will be added at some point. Not, not a burning issue for them because what's really burning issue is things that generate taxes, but it sure would be nice if we could move our Roth, uh, uh, Roth IRA money into our Roth 401k, but we, we have never been able to do that. So, um, so I'm a listener and I've heard of these retirement accounts and I actually want to make the conversion. I actually want to take a traditional something to a traditional uh, self-directed or I want to take a traditional Roth something to a tradition, uh, excuse me, a Roth something to, to a, a Roth self-directed. Well, what does it look like? What, what are actually the steps? Who do I call? How do I get there if that's what I want to do today? So you want, you want to invest your Roth IRA and you want to make it self-directed. You want to invest in these alternative assets. So right, it's three steps, super easy. Open an account, get it funded by transferring the money over and then invest. So open, fund, invest. Super easy. And of course, we help you here. And on our website, which is udirectira.com. So it's a letter U, udirectira.com. Uh, all the all the steps are, are listed, but super easy. Open, fund, invest. Open, fund, and invest. So it's it is that easy. All right. The last thing that we wanted to really touch on here is that you were saying that Americans had way more retirement savings than they've ever had before. My first question is, why do you think they have more? Um, what it what is? I mean, I guess I'm saying. Is there a reason in their minds you think, or you could speculate why they're doing that? Or think, do you think yeah. it's just, we're just going through the times and people have a lot? I think, I think B, I think we're going through the times and people have a lot. We saw an uptick in the stock market. It's come back down a bit. Uh, people are earning more. And I think, and I think the retirement, um, the, the retirement horizon is looming for the baby boomers. Gosh, here's a statistic for you, right? If you want to hear one. There are 10,000 people turning 65 every day in America for the next decade, right? That is a lot of people. That's a, a tremendous amount of people. How many of those people are really ready to retire? Not everybody, I'll tell you that. Not, not even the majority of them. So this is a huge you know, move forward. So I think people are saying, hey, look, I'm about to retire. I'm a baby boomer. I'm part of the biggest um, you know, generation in, in American history, and I better start put stocking more money away. And I think that's a good uh, reason why. And is most of that money stagnant, or is most of that perhaps maybe in the stock market right now? Right. So that's kind of interesting. So, in fact, it's really interesting. So, of of all the money, I think it's it's like nearly thirty trillion dollars in retirement in America. Okay, a tremendous amount of money. And only about 4% of that, 3 4% of that is in alternative assets. So what that means to anyone listening, to you, to anyone listening, anybody who wants to raise capital, if you're raising capital, there's this $30 trillion pool of money you can tap into. So you just say, hey, to your prospect, do you have an IRA or do you have a 401k with your previous company? And they say, yes. Then you can say, hey, do you know that you could invest that money in my deal and, and they might not and in fact they probably won't um, know that they can but you'll be the one to tell them and, and educate them a little bit and of course you can send them to us and we'll have a long conversation with them and make sure that that they know how it works and, and, and how it goes 
but yeah, so it's a huge pool of money to tap into for your deals. Wow, that's that is really interesting. One thing that I wanted to ask you about, I wanted to clarify it because I don't have the exact detail, but plus I, I think that there's a lot of people doing this wrong and um, and I don't know if they could be getting into trouble for it, so I thought we'd bring it up. Um, and would, would If I said the word know your clause or know your borrower, is that something that is with IRAs and 401ks? Uh, no, not not so much. I mean, if if it's a law, then it's part of IRAs and 401ks. Okay. Um, yeah. So what? Okay. So it might not be know your borrower. It might be something else. But what I have heard is that you shouldn't have. And when I say you, I mean a syndicator, somebody like me who's doing private placements, shouldn't have more than twenty five percent of the funds that you've raised. Right. From. Uh, self-directed retirement accounts because it puts you in another class or something. Well, I don't it, really understand it. You know, that is interesting that you bring that up. Um, so let me find it here. It's the, um, I can actually send you an article on that. Yeah, 25% of your of your IRA money. Um, you know, it just, and I'm trying to remember what it's called, like the plan asset rule or something like that. Okay. I believe it's the plan asset rule, but I'll get you details. Okay. On it. I'll tell you, it's confusing. It's very confusing, but it causes you to be as a as a syndicator fiduciary, and it it means you've got a little bit more responsibilities. And that's a great question for, for to ask a syndication lawyer like Gene Trowbridge or Jillian Sedoni or one of our favorite people like that. Yeah, I use both of them as well. So I like that I like that you brought those two up. That they're awesome people. Know your borrower. Why did I think that due diligence standards? Well, you I, should know your borrower for sure. Yeah, I don't. I I was probably just using the wrong uh, know your lender clause, but yeah, no. So so uh, we will definitely bring that to an attorney to answer the twenty five percent of your um, lender of your private equity partners shouldn't be um, shouldn't you should never have more than twenty five. And I will figure out why by asking an attorney. Thank I you. I believe it's called the plan asset rule. Plan asset rule. Okay, yeah, I've uh, I've just searched for it, and that definitely comes up. Um, so interesting stuff, and I'm excited to learn more about it. All right, now we're we're we've gone through what we decided that we would go through today. Um, so let let's do this. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back for the final five things. And we're back. And we're going to actually, instead of the final five, let's do the final two. And we'll talk a little bit about prohibited transactions and also first steps to getting into self-directed retirement. So I'll, I'll let you take it, those two away. Well, let's start with first steps. I think that makes uh, the most sense chronologically. So the first steps are, I mean, before you self-direct your IRA, understand what you're going to invest in. So basically, when you put your money in a self-directed IRA, it's going to sit there earning just a teeny little bit of interest. So you want to be able to put that to work. So attend as many educational events as you can. Meetups, you know, like this SDI meeting that you have in Denver. Uh, there are meetups all over the country, RIAs, you know, real estate investors associations. Go to all those and learn about alternative assets. Then when you find a deal, if you've got retirement money, then boom, that money can be invested in your deal. So I'd say find the deal first. Make sure you really, really understand that deal. Uh, so that you understand the ins and outs and you're not surprised and you understand uh, self-directed IRAs. So 
on that note, understanding self-directed IRAs, I mean, it's not like investing with cash. It is so different and it can, you know, really surprise you. So when you've got your own cash, your IRA can buy a house from your parents. Your IRA can let your kids live in the house that your IRA owns. I mean, that's if you have cash, but with an IRA, it is a, a bubble. It's a, it's an IRA bubble universe with different rules. So here it is prohibited transactions. First, there are some people who are disallowed. There are your lineal ascendants and descendants. So it's your parents and grandparents and their spouses, then you and your spouse and your children and your grandchildren and their spouses. So up and down that family tree disallowed. Plus anybody who's a fiduciary to the plan or a 50% business partner disallowed. So self-directed IRAs are like a game of keep away. Uh, you're going to keep away from prohibited transactions. You keep away from disallowed people. And if you remember that, then you're going to, uh, th then that's going to really help you. Just it's keep away from, from disallowed people. But number one, neither you nor any disallowed person can benefit personally from the IRA. So, so say for example, your wife is starting a business and you want your IRA to invest in her business. That's a prohibited transaction because your wife is a disallowed person. That's how, that's how the thinking works. Um, say for example, oh, we had this, this one gentleman who wanted to take his IRA and make a loan. I said, great, who's it going to be to? He says, well, that's going to be to my aunt. I said, okay, great. That's wonderful. So your aunt is allowed. I said, but when your aunt gets that money, what's she going to do? And he says, oh, well, she's going to invest in my company. And he was so excited. But that's something called the indirect rule. If you can't do it directly, and believe me, your IRA cannot lend money to you. So if you can't do it directly, you can't do it indirectly. So remember that. Now, investors are smart people. <laughs> and investors are always looking for a way to make that deal work. So if you've got questions like, hey, Karin, does this deal sound like it would work in a self-directed IRA? I mean, that's what we're here for. We spend most of our day on the phone with those kinds of calls like, tell us about your deal. How are you structuring it? Who are the people involved? So we can listen to see, if, to hear for prohibited transactions. So that's it. So yeah, and then the one, one other prohibited transaction thing, unless you want to jump in there. Yeah, we're good. One other rule is that, um, right, so somebody who's disallowed, these people, right, they can't provide goods, services, or facilities to the plan. Like, what is that? It sounds like truth. It's, 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 it's in the Internal Revenue Code, 4975, okay, if you'd like to read the label. But what it means is, like, for example, like, say, Adam, say you're a realtor, and um, your wife's IRA is going to be buying a house. Well, you're disallowed to your wife. So even though you're the realtor, you can't be the listing agent on the property your wife is buying. You can't be the buyer's agent. You're a disallowed person offering services to the plan. So you can't offer the service even for free, but you also can't get paid for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is super, super interesting because I have heard several uh, which is more than five people say that I'm doing this service for my the house that my IRA owns. I'm doing this, but it's okay because I'm charging myself. I'm no. actually getting paid <laughs> the same as anyone else would get paid. No. So it's so they're saying it's totally fine. No. And then at the same time, I've had people say, "I'm doing this. I need to go and 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 wash the walls, or I need to go and paint." but it's okay because I'm not paying myself. So what oh. you're saying is neither of those are okay. You're right. That's right. Good. That is a very, 
very strong distinction that most people mistake is that I can go and I can go and uh, you know clean up the so if if my IRA has a oh what are those called the short term rentals Airbnb VRBO I I can go there they think I can go there and be the cleaning person as long as I charge myself or they might say I can go there and be the cleaning person as long as I don't charge myself no. so I, so neither of them is okay arms length stay away okay well here's Excellent. what you can do how about can you stay there can no. you just stay? what if you pay what if you no. stay at your own airbnb but you pay the normal price then your ira becomes uh well it could be considered a prohibited transaction it could be distributed to you as though you had earned that money effective uh january 1 of the year of the infraction so you could have back taxes it could be a mess but it ceases to be an ira if the irs says you've committed a prohibited transaction. But I think I should say what you can do, because I think that's pretty important. Too. Okay, let's do it. So your IRA owns this Airbnb, condo, whatever. So what you can do is obviously select the property, screen the property and do all that. You can choose the renters and you can, you can sort through the renters and decide who can rent from you. Um, you can pick up and collect their checks made payable to the IRA because the money does not go to you at all. The money must go directly to either a property manager who's working for your IRA or to your IRA directly because then that money goes to your IRA. So, so understand that you can do that. So you can uh, screen the tenants, pick up and collect their rent checks, and you can hire third-party vendors. So your IRA has a rental property. It needs to have, maybe you need to have a cleaning crew come in. Your IRA can hire that third-party cleaning crew. It needs to be painted, whatever, the you know, landscapers whatever it may need, your IRA can hire, or you can hire those third-party vendors on behalf of your IRA. So you can do a lot of property management. Just don't swing the hammers. Don't fix your own garbage disposal. You know, it, it, you know it's, it's, it's not like the IRS is there watching you or anything yet, but who knows, you know, I mean, look at all these cameras. Now. I bet they're not. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of tough to get, but just don't do it. That's a prohibited transaction. Technically. All right, I have one last question before I let you go. And um, I think it's a good question that you will be able to answer. And it's one that not everyone thinks about. So get ready. This is going to be a good one. What happens if you have $10,000 in your IRA? Or let's just, let's just say a higher number because not everywhere is created equal. You have $100,000 in your IRA and you spend it all on a property. And because your down payment was the whole hundred thousand on this property, and uh, the furnace goes out, <laughs> yeah, where are you going to get the money for that furnace, and what happens? Wow, that's a great question. The answer is there are six things you can do. All right, so a hundred percent of the expenses of the IRA asset have to be paid for by the IRA. All right, that's a rule. Okay, so number one, you can make a contribution and contribute again we talked about 2018 it was $4,500 or make that $5,500 2019 it's six grand you can put in contribute to your IRA if you're over 50 it's more so you can contribute number two uh, maybe you've got money across the street at Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or wherever some other you know stocks bonds and mutual funds kind of place liquidate that and transfer it. so that's another thing um, your self-directed IRA, well, in this case, it doesn't have any other assets, but if it did, you could liquidate those and make up the shortfall. 
So you could also um, bring on a partner. So maybe somebody to come in a debt position. Your IRA could take out a non-recourse loan, a non-recourse loan, which is another conversation, but it's a loan that's made to the IRA. When your IRA borrows non-recourse debt, it can lead to a tax, and I'll just not do the advanced class right here, but your IRA could borrow money. And the sixth thing is if, if you can't, if none of those will work for you, you can sell the asset. Because what you don't want to do is be like the person who took out the home equity line of credit to on her primary residence to put a new roof on her self-directed IRA property. I mean, how do you unbring that bell, right? It's just a prohibited transaction. Um, you can request a private letter ruling, um, but it's, I mean, you just, you just kind of messed up. So make sure all expenses are paid for by the IRA. Great question. Got it. Okay. So I, I missed one though. Okay. I have contribution. You could do a contribution, yeah, liquidate. You could partner with somebody. You could do a non-recourse loan or you could sell the asset. What did I miss? Yeah, I think, okay. What did you miss? Contribution. Yeah. You could okay. make a contribution or you could liquid, liquidate, partner with somebody, get a non-recourse loan. Okay, there are five things you can do. Okay, five. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm going to look it up because I know there's six. So just give me a quick second and I'll find the six thing. All good. All good. We can, we can throw it into the show notes. Happy to do that. Or Let's somebody can that. reach out to you directly. How do they do that? How do they find you? Right. So um, it's uh, the letter U, udirectira.com. And so th that is uh, how you find us. So udirectira.com, info at udirectira.com is how you can get a hold of us or 866-538-3539. Thank you so much. That's info at u the letter U, directira.com. So you can contribute, liquidate, transfer, bring on transfer. a partner. Transfer yeah. is the one that I missed. Yeah, that's the one where you take the money from Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade and move it over. That's a transfer. And you actually did say that. It was while I was writing liquidate and um, and I missed it. So, We're so, We're okay. so you, you had it all. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Hey, podcast listener. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I really appreciate you coming back and back and back. Remember, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a CPA. Everything you hear on this is not specific, specified real estate advice for you. I do have a friend. His name is Anthony Chara. He's a friend of the show, and he actually has a one-day apartment investing workshop coming up on April 13th. If you want to go to this apartment investing workshop, here's what you do. You go to iCourse website for more information. That link is in today's show notes.